Welcome to the Purple Jaguar. Now, first and foremost, I just want to say thoughts and prayers with Demar Hamlin. That was hard to watch. Um, it's a big game. You could tell that everybody was given maximum effort, and uh, just to see something like that, it was hard to watch. I, you know, I watched the game. I watched through the entire broadcasting of after the event. Um, I thought it was really well done by Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. And then Ryan Clark and what he said uh, once they went over to ESPN was very uh, touching. And I just thought it was very, very well handled by everyone involved. It was a class act. Um, the NFL made the right decision by postponing the game. And it's just hard to see, man. So his GoFundMe, though, has now raised over $5.5 million since the incident. So that's awesome. And uh, it's awesome to see what's going on on Twitter with all the NFL teams deciding to change their um, profile picture on Twitter to uh, DeMar Hamlin's number. So with that being said, I think it's been covered. Um, if there's any updates, obviously I'll push it out over Twitter or, you know, it'll be in the next podcast. But for now, we know he's in critical condition. Um, he's got 50% uh, breathing to his lungs back, but they're still keeping him on a ventilator. So we'll see what happens with that. Now, moving on, <clears throat> we have <laughs> what's shaping up to be a eh, kind of Sunday slate. Um between the teams that are going to rest their um, players, it's going to be hard. If you play fantasy, I'm sorry. I hope that this isn't indicative of your playoffs or what you do with it. But, <laughs> man, I don't know who to start. I might be starting backup running backs this week on my uh, FanDuel fantasy team <laughs> just to see if I can uh, hit a home run. But the playoffs are coming and it's the best time of the year. In my opinion, you got, you know, mid season NBA, you're about to hit the all-star break. Then you got the NFL playoffs and it's just a real exciting time. Now, with that being said, let's talk about the MVP race. Now I am a huge fan of the show. First things first. Um, Nick Wright is also from Kansas city and he is a homer like no other and will almost make you sick with how much he roots for the Chiefs. But to me, it's funny because obviously that's my favorite team. And uh, I believe Patrick Mahomes has cemented himself as the MVP this year based on his stats, his QBR, his touchdown passes that are the most in the league, and his yards that are the most in the league. But I understand that to continue to have shows where there's debating and you have to have different perspectives, that we have to make an argument for somebody else. And that's fine. What I don't like is an argument for another quarterback. Because the MVP race in the NFL has turned into what quarterback has the best stats on the best team. And I believe that the MVP should be open to all of the positions, whether it's on defense, offense, 
And then obviously nobody on special teams is ever going to win the MVP. <laughs> I mean, the closest person might've been Dante Hall or Devin Hester in one of their years. But regardless of that, I think that the argument should be maybe Justin Jefferson. Um, the argument could be Tyreek Hill before, you know, Tua went down and the his receiving yard started uh, going down as well. I think that it could be made for, you know, a running back. Josh Jacobs is having a career year. But to sit here and just throw quarterback after quarterback at Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it was Jalen Hurts. Now it's Joe Burrow. It's, it, you know, it started out as Josh Allen. Now it could be Josh Allen again ba- due to or based on what he does for the rest of the year. I just, I mean, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about somebody else. Let's talk about, you know, Nick Bosa. I mean, obviously he's in the lead for defensive player of the year, but why not MVP? I mean, the 49ers are one of the best teams in the league with a seventh round draft pick quarterback in Brock Purdy. So obviously there's an MVP on that team. I would say it's Nick Boza and they're one of the best teams in the league. And it would just make the conversation to me more interesting if they would add other position players to the argument. You know, and I think that the media does control some of the MVP vote. So maybe if they started talking about them, maybe they could, you know, garner a vote or two. But it'd be nice to see somebody other than a quarterback be thrown in with Patrick Mahomes, because obviously he's far and away the MVP of the quarterback position. With that being said, I don't know how these playoffs are going to shape out. The AFC is a monster. I mean, if you run down the quarterback slate in the AFC, here's your quarterback, your playoff quarterbacks. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, and unknown as far as who else is going to get into the playoffs. But those five names in my opinion, are right now the best quarterbacks in the league as far as the position of quarterback has been known for years. Now, you could throw Jalen Hurts in there, <clears throat> and obviously Lamar Jackson's hurt, or else he would. I would put him as a, a you know in those quarterback names. But you could throw Jalen Hurts in there. Other than that, I mean, who else? Tom Brady did throw for 432 yards. He threw for three touchdowns, all of which went to Mike Evans. He had a, a fantastic day against the now 6-10 and 10 Carolina Panthers. So I will give a nod to that. Aaron Rodgers has been living off of his clout now this entire season. Yes, he is a two-time MVP recently. <clears throat> yes, um, that team is back to being relevant now that they're eight and eight and they control their own destiny to the playoffs. But <laughs> Aaron Rodgers has not had an above average season. If his name was not Aaron Rodgers, I don't think that we would even talk about his quarterback play because that team is not better because of him this year. And honestly, I think at the beginning of the year, they would have been better off with somebody else because of his attitude and the way he was treating the rookies. But with that being said, who is in the NFC 
that we talk about. I mean, Dak Prescott. Ooh. I'm not a huge fan of the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say that I'm a hater, but I'm not a big fan. And I think that that is due to the fact that every time I have to turn or every time I turn on ESPN or FS1 or Undisputed with Skip and Shannon or First Take, I have to sit here and listen to a Dallas Cowboys argument every week, it seems like. Every week. When, in my opinion, they're not even in the top eight teams in the league, but because they have the star, we have to hear about it. And so I think that's really where my opinion as far as the Dallas Cowboys comes from. But if we put up the numbers, Dak Prescott's, eh, I guess you could put him in the top 12 quarterbacks in the league, but that's not winning you a Super Bowl. That defense, if it plays like it did earlier in the year, if they're getting after the quarterback, if they're getting turnovers, that defense, okay. But the 49ers defense is better, in my opinion. It's uh, got the two best linebackers in the league, in my opinion, and Fred Warner. It's uh, not close. I really do not think that the NFC is going to um, really make noise. So that kind of reminds me. And I'm going to go to an NBA analogy. You remember when LeBron James was in the East and the opinions of a lot of the sportscasters and around the world was, well, you know, of course he's going to be in the finals every year. Who's in the East? Who does he have to face in the East? And I think the NFC is turning into the East of the NBA during that time frame. So when I if I was a quarterback like Derek Carr who's about to move, Tom Brady's looking to move to um I would really consider staying in the NFC if I was Tom Brady and I if I was Derek Carr, I would definitely consider moving to the NFC. Derek Carr is a good quarterback. I would say he's an above average quarterback. He's a good leader. You know, he can be coached, but he's not going to reach his potential in the AFC. And that is just simply because the bar has been set too high. It's been set too high. Teams are moving off quarterbacks in less than two years now because they're trying to find the next Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. And so I think the smart money is, for these quarterbacks that are going to be in free agency this year, after this year, to move over to the NF, NFC. Just try it, try it over there. Because I would name, let's see, I would say Jalen Hurts. Right now, Tom Brady. Um, maybe Aaron Rodgers, Jared Goff. But who's putting Jared Goff in their top 10? Are we? Uh, I don't know. But <clears throat> definitely the money's in the NFC if you are a free agent moving this year at quarterback. With that being said, let's transition to the NBA. Now, middle of the season, 
the NBA is kind of boring. You know, they're not in the news a lot. Football is kind of like the main thing that people want to talk about. But in the last week, some things have happened that are noteworthy in the NBA. And the first and foremost is um, Luka Doncic for the Mavericks, the Dallas Mavericks. Dropped 60 points, 21 rebounds, and 10 assists in a game. Now, they did go to overtime. Okay. And he had an outstanding play to get him to overtime because he had to miss a free throw. He had to make one and miss one. And we've seen this scenario. I've seen it a hundred times. And out of a hundred times, I have seen it happen maybe three times where they actually are able to get the rebound after missing the free throw. And then I've personally never seen where they make the bucket. And Luca was able to do that. They go into overtime. They end up winning the game. So that was noteworthy. I've never seen uh, a triple-double, 60 points, and the 21 rebounds. So what that tells me is there was effort. He was on both ends of the court. There was a lot of effort. Rebounds are effort plays. They're effort stats. And so to get 21 rebounds on top of your 60 points, on top of your 10 assists, that means that you're doing it on both ends. Um, and, man, I bet that kid was tired. And then we see Giannis for the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, Last night, he dropped 55 points. And he had 10 rebounds and 7 assists. I Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's Giannis. I could see that. It was a career high for him, but he's pretty dominant. And then we have Clay Thompson. <laughs> Clay Thompson. Now, this is without Steph Curry. <clears throat> he recently had 54 points in a game. They went into overtime. But one thing, one key note about Clay Thompson's 54 points that I want to just bring light to is Clay Thompson for the Golden State Warriors, only shot two free throws. And he made both of them. So that means that in the flow of the game, he was able to score 52 of those 54 points. Now, with that being said, if you look at Luka, Lucas uh, shot 22 free throws. He made 16 of them. Um, Donovan Mitchell, who recently just scored 71 Yes, I said that correct. 71 points in an NBA game, albeit they did go to overtime, but 71 points. That's the most since Kobe scored 81 points. But he shot 25 free throws, um, made 20 of them. Okay. Giannis shot 16 free throws when he scored 55 and uh, made 15 of them. And... uh, yeah, Luca went 16 for 22 in his big game. So there's some things to say. I think, you know, the money and the excitement come from offense, whether that's in the NFL or NBA. We want to see points. We want to, I, I don't really want to watch an 84 to 
76 game. I mean, they had some dog fights back in the 80s, 90s. <clears throat> I mean, they would let them go on defense. There was a lot harder fouls. I mean, it was just a different game. People couldn't shoot the three as well as they can now. I mean, Steve Kerr made his money playing with Michael Jordan shooting threes. And, I mean, he was, I think, a 33% three-point shooter. Now we got guys that are shooting 40%. From the three-point line, it's like, so it's just a different game. And so I don't know, when we talk about stats, I, I just don't know what to do with these numbers because we're getting to ridiculous, like, this is some video game type of numbers. This is not, this is, I'm just not used to seeing numbers this high on a regular basis. I mean, this was all within the last week. And I think it's indicative of where we're headed with the NBA. It's going to be a uh, high-scoring league. I mean, last night, there was a team that scored 150 points in an NBA game. 150 in regulation. So... I think that is exciting. It's good for the audience in a sense, but it's also just kind of speaks to the lack of defense that's really allowed in the NBA. I mean, when you're shooting 25 free throws, I mean, that's one player on a team shooting 25 free throws. So it, it makes the game longer. I mean, obviously it's going to inflate his numbers. I mean, he still scored 51 points without the free throws. So that's, I mean, it's still impressive. But I don't know. I like I like toughness when it comes to sports. I, I really like, you know, watching Jordan get fouled, play through contact, the foul not be called, and he still makes the layup. That's one thing that I will say that would bother me about LeBron. I've been watching LeBron since he came into the league. Um and he's been my favorite player. But that's not without my ugh, moments. You know, those moments where you're just like, man, come on. You know, if you have a favorite player in any sport, you're going to, they're going to be your favorite player, but that doesn't mean you agree or like everything that they do. And when it came to LeBron, it would just bug me when he would want the ref to, to save him. It's like you're 6'8", you know, 245, 255, you're an athletic just monster and you need the ref to call a foul because the six, three guard slapped you. It's like, yeah, I get it. It was a foul play through the contact, finish the bucket. You finish the bucket. And that's one thing that I, that was always my knock against LeBron when it came to the d discussion about him and Jordan was Jordan. I mean, I'm sure Jordan barked at the reps, I'm sure he had his qualms, but Jordan literally spent season after season getting beat up by the Pistons and still found ways to win. And I just, I don't like watching somebody that's already that gifted, that, you know, physically just imposing, complaining to the refs. Like, you should have called the foul. It's like, mm, it just doesn't sit well with me. So with that being said, though, here is the benefit 
to the way the NBA and even the NFL in some regards is. Think about this. LeBron James is in his 20th season now in the NBA. His stats this year are 29 points, 8 rebounds, and 7 assists. That is the benefit of things getting quote-unquote softer, is that these players will be able to play longer. We have LeBron in the NBA. We have Tom Brady in the NFL. Because of the way that they are treating the quarterback now in the NFL, it is possible to have a 15, 20-year career in the NFL as a quarterback. Even so, maybe as a wide receiver, you can play longer. Now, (laughs) sorry to the running backs, but your job is a hazard in itself, and so your careers are still probably going to stay similar to what they've always been. But in these key like uh, finesse positions, you're starting to see longer careers because of the way things are being called. The protection that is um, being required by the refs. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Honestly, I really don't. I love all these new kids in the NBA. I love watching Donovan Mitchell play. He's the one that had the 71 point game. I love watching, you know, Luca. I love Luca's game. But my favorite player is still LeBron. That's who I grew up with. You know, I'm sure there's people out there right now that are like, they love watching Patrick Mahomes. They love what Josh Allen's doing and they think Joe Burrow's awesome. But they like watching Tom Brady. That's who they grew up with. And so now I think that the direction that these, you know, leagues are going is they're understanding that the money is in the names that are known. And so we got to protect these names. We got to protect these players. We got to make sure that they're able to continue to play. Now there will be injuries because it's a dangerous game, especially when you get to the NFL. But I, I believe that it might not be your dad's football where they slugged it out, you know, got the Chicago Bears of the 80s. You got the Steelers of the 90s and pretty much forever. They've always been good at defense. Yeah, you're not going to have those games, but, I mean, do we really want them? Do we really want low-scoring defensive games? I don't know. I don't think there's an audience, as much of an audience for that anymore. I mean, I uh, had the pleasure or displeasure, I don't know how you'd like to put it, of watching the Miami, no, it was the Jets, the Jets and the Patriots play. (laughs) And it was three to three with less than a minute to go in the fourth quarter. And I'm telling you right now, had that not been the only game on TV where I lived at the time, I would have turned it off. No, I don't want to watch that. I want to watch a 48-41 game. You know, I want to watch, you know, Josh Allen and Joe Burrow both go for 350 yards passing and three touchdowns against each other and just duel it out. I want to watch Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, what happened last year, where they scored, I don't know, three touchdowns in two minutes. It was crazy. I think that's what audiences want now and I think that the direction that these leagues are starting to go in is more points you know more protection for the players and inevitably a better product 
You know, in the UFC, you watch for knockouts. I mean, submissions are cool, but you're really looking for the knockout. And I think in the NFL and NBA, you're going to start watching for the points. How many points are you going to drop tonight? What if you have two people going for 50 in the same game? They go into overtime. Who's going to last longer? Who's going to make the last shot? You know, these playoffs are coming up. I don't think anybody wants to watch a defensive stand. I think they want to watch Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes both go for over 30 points for their respective teams and throw multiple touchdowns for 300, 400 yards. That's what I think people want to see. So I like the direction it's going personally. I And, you know, shouts out again to the NFL and the way they handle that situation. Our thoughts and prayers are with DeMar Hamlin and his family. And, uh, you know, I'll do the best I can to keep everybody up to date with what I find out. And uh, thank you for listening. Again, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Nebula719M. You can also reach me on my YouTube page where I'll be putting this episode as well. Um, That's going to be Nebula with two L's, media, all one word. And uh, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you taking your time to spend with me today and have a great day.